Okay, welcome. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. It's about 5.30 a.m. I woke up. I had some weird dreams about being in Opelika. They were not, they were not bad dreams. They were weird dreams. I was rolling around town with my dad and then um, with a crew of people. And then I was choking a guy. And then I was... Uh, with a girl at a movie theater and the Burger King had closed and then it was suddenly after a show and everyone in Opelika had come and it's amazing the um, the images that the mind can create. I saw faces of people that I knew from my past and faces of people that in the dream I knew from my past but... Um, I don't know who they were. And then they told me that my one of my second favorite teacher, Mr. Shirley, had died. And I don't think he has. But they were like, yeah, Mr. Shirley was going to make it. But then he died. And then they made a big deal about Mr. Shirley coming out they made it seem like mr shirley was coming out to greet me like it was all a joke like we told you that he died but now here he comes and this mr shirley was a redheaded guy with the mustache if i remember correctly i haven't seen mr shirley in over 20 years but this guy was coming towards me and i thought oh that's mr shirley so i um left the group of people that I was hanging with. I was like, I'll be back. And I go to greet him. And as we get there, it's a guy about my age who's redheaded without a mustache and the same build as me. And it was very confusing, even in the dream. I'm like, are you Mr. Shirley? Um, I didn't say it, but it was like, as, as he got there, it was like clear that he wasn't and not even pretending to be. It was just something I put together in my mind. So then I go in and start saying hey to people. And it's like, I don't know, it was a very cool scene. If it were a movie, it would have been a great scene. But it was a dream. And I woke up and I've described it poorly. But once I had the dream, I woke up and I thought, well, I'm awake now. So my baby is asleep. My wife is asleep. And I got up. And uh, I thought, well, I'll just be awake. And then I was going to play on my phone. But I was like, Lord, I've done enough playing on my phone. And uh, so I went out into the front yard. And there were two deer out there. And if you follow Hannah on Instagram, you'll see that they've been bulldozing all the woods around here. We've always had a lot of deer around here. But they've been bulldozing all the woods. So these deer are like, have no place to go. I've never been some, uh, you know, nature conservist person, but I hate to see it. All the deer's homes are just destroyed. And now they've come into my yard and they've eaten all the leaves off my beans. They've eaten all the leaves off my squash. They've eaten all the lettuce I had growing. 
And I'm not even mad at them about it. Like, I hate that they've done it because I wanted to eat that stuff. But um, I feel bad for them. But they were just grazing in the front yard. And they saw me. But then I didn't come towards them. So they hung out for a bit. And that was a lot of fun. So I'm out in the morning at 5 a.m. looking at deer. And then I thought, you know what? Maybe now's a good time to do a podcast. And um, so here I am. I don't, uh, I feel pumped. Life is good. I, yesterday I watched my nearly four-month-old baby. Uh, I put her in a, uh, a little like, uh, I don't know, I got to play with her yesterday. In, in Meaning that, you know, she's a baby, right? So this whole time, it's just something that you hold and you look at and you feed. But now she's starting to like become a person. So we got to play together. I got to lift her high in the air. I got to put her on my shoulders. She laughs a little bit. It's an amazing thing. And then I put her in this little, I don't know what you call it, but it's like a thing that she can sit in, but also kind of stand in. And then it's circular and all that. There's all these little toys around that would only be entertaining to a baby, like stuff that makes weird noises. And then there's a thing that lights up and plays music that no one would ever enjoy. But somehow when you put the music on and there's a baby in there and you can see that the baby is into it, you're like into the beat. Hannah was dancing a little bit to the beat. I mean, it's wild. It's wild what happens. I also have a coffee here. But um, yeah, it's fun to watch a baby play. Especially when up until this point, I mean, you know that the baby can see. You can see her eyes seeing things. But now she's starting to notice things. She follows you as you walk through the room. She laughs and thinks it's funny when I hold her way up in the air. And that's all very exciting. I'm into it. I got to watch her play, and that makes me happy. I'm like, amazing. And I had, you know, religious thoughts as I'm watching. I'm thinking, you know, in the model that we, you know, exploded from nothing and slowly evolved over billions of years and uh, then spawned from to some type of protein in the water that then became um, a fish-like animal that then grew legs and had rapidly evolving reproductive organs to keep our cell species alive. And then we managed to walk up on the earth and then slowly turn into um, some type of ape-like being that would eventually turn into the species that we are today and then gain consciousness about 6,000 years ago and build cities and, and villages and, and then slowly develop technology and develop ourselves into a species of people that takes pain pills and antidepressants. In that model, um, I can see it being 
pretty depressing because no one looks down on us. No one is protecting us. No one's looking out for us. But from a religious perspective, from a uh, intelligent design create creation, as I'm looking down at my baby, I think, how amazing is it that if this, if that worldview is correct, that a God that created us is right above us and watching us in that same way, watching us through all of our stupid mistakes, but also through, um, you know, watching us grow and being so happy when we get it. He says, you know, he can sit above us and go, all right, that's exciting. They're starting to get it. I think that's very exciting. I see so many TikToks about people telling us that we are insignificant, little space dust that doesn't matter to anyone or anybody and that we're just floating around aimlessly and then we'll die and just become dust of the earth and nothing matters. And I think if that's what I believed, I would be very sad. And in these day, in this time, day and age, sometimes it's hard to not be sad, even when everything's going well. So imagining that, imagining it not going well, and then believing no one cares about you. Gosh, that's sad. But I have good news, because my belief is that there is a God that cares about you. And he... um you know, and, and no particular politician uh, has favor with that God more than you can. So that's good news. There's no one that stands in between you and God, and that's amazing. So um, that just makes me excited. So what I want to do, um, I've been taking notes for a while. I don't know that I really want to do all my segments that I had pulled together because I have not been working on those. I've been flying all around. My last podcast was before the weekend uh, that was before filming my Netflix, 30-minute Netflix special. So I just kind of want to, I had said that I would start with something else, but that was when I thought I was going to do a podcast about two weeks ago. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to just try to pick up where I left off. Because I left here on a Wednesday. And then that following day, I did a show at Zany's. And it was great. It was great because I practiced my set that I would be doing on the net. Oh, let's do this. That's not it where we've been, where we're going. Where they going. Where they been. Where they going. Where, where they been. Where we're going, where we've been. So I'm just going to talk about some things. But you know what? Since it's fresh on my mind, let's go with what I just did. I was just at the Oklahoma City Looney Bin uh, Thursday through Sunday with uh, two comics, one from Springfield, Missouri, Cameron Johnson, and one from Chicago, Illinois, Paul Farvar. And uh, we had a great time. If you, if you ever have done any of the Looney Bins, you know that 
each Looney Bin has their own comedy house. You don't get a hotel, you're in a comedy house. Uh, with the exception of the Wichita Looney Bin, each house is a three-bedroom, you know, multi-bath house. And you just live together for a week. It's like real world for three days. And you learn about people. I mean, when you do comedy in a regular weekend and, you, and you're and you at a, you know, a typical club and you get all get hotels... I mean, you all do shows together. You may hang out a bit after. But ultimately, you all go back to your hotel room. With this, you live together. You share a kitchen. You see how people eat. You see people what people like to watch on TV. You see their sleeping habits. And you never know what you're going to get. But these guys were great. We had a really good time. We hung out. And uh, the shows were good. I like that Looney Bin. I don't have anything against the other Looney Bins, but the Oklahoma City one is my favorite. And that's the only one I do anymore. I've done them all um, as a feature. Um, and this is the only one I headline. I really enjoy it. I like Larry and Terry that run the Oklahoma City Looney Bin. They're nice people. Uh, and I had a lot of fun. Sunday show was weird. I don't know what happened, but it was a weird show. But I always have fun in Oklahoma City. And uh, so I got home Monday morning and uh, Tuesday. Oh, here's something. Tuesday we went and we have started the initial um you know, planning with the Amish Mennonite people to get a cabin on the land. We've, we found a, a, it's a modular home, modular home cabin that we've started the initial steps to get that going. So that's pretty fun. We want to create some kind of little retreat, potentially a, um, a, uh, a comedy retreat. You know, take some comics out there. I'm going to, I got, I got a whole plan. We'll see what happens. I'm far too busy to actually create the things that I want to create, but we'll see what happens. Um, so that was it. I just did Oklahoma City Looney Bin. There should be more things to say, but at the end of the day, uh, each day I get up, I drink coffee, I eat food, and then I, it, and then I go tell jokes to people. And then I come home and hang out with my roommates for the week. And then I go to sleep. It's not much more exciting than that. Um, but uh, it was a good time. Cameron Johnson has a is very popular on TikTok. And he showed me a couple of tricks uh, for TikTok. So if you follow me there, you'll notice that over the last few days, I've tried a few different things. I've did a stitch. I've did a uh, a duet. I've done a video where I'm like, uh, "Do you, what's a thing that you hate? I'll go first, you know. So, uh, and it's a lot of fun. So, and again, if you're listening to this, it's currently 5.48 a.m. I was asleep. I woke up and then I thought, you know what? I'll do a podcast. So uh, it may be, I just want to get back on here and do a podcast. I want to get back into doing it. And I am sorry that I have been so slack about it. Several people have reached out to me about the podcast and I appreciate it. I talked to a guy uh, 
in Oklahoma City. He came to my show by the name of Josh. And um, he um, just, you know, said that he enjoyed the podcast. And we got to talk. And then the guy that worked at the Looney Bin was like, he came out and he was like, guys, I'm going to need you to clear out of here. We got to flip the room. And I was like, what? Because there's no green room at OKC. So I'm just hanging out in the showroom and then everybody else is in the lobby. Because I've not been selling merch lately. Listen, and I'll tell you, my stance is always the same as it's been. I'm not afraid of uh, any type of COVID thing, but I don't want to get it, if that makes sense, right? People think that if you don't wear a mask that you don't believe it exists and you think it's a hoax. No, I just don't think masks work, but I don't want to catch the virus. So I've not been selling merch. I've been knowing people that are sick. Uh uh, of all types of, of vaccination statuses, I'm knowing sick people. Personally, knowing sick people uh, on all spectrums of the vaccination world. And um, I don't want to get it. So I'm just kind of avoiding certain things. And I feel like the merch table, that's where I touch the most amount of people. That's where I'm like in close contact. So I'm not afraid but I'm like just trying to avoid some things right now. So I've not been selling merch, but Josh came up and talked to me in the showroom and we talked and he um, was just, you know, saying that he liked the podcast and then people have been emailing me. But this guy who runs the Looney Bank, or not runs the I don't know what he does. I don't even think he works there full time, but he goes, guys, I'm going to need you to clear out of the, clear out of the showroom. We got to flip the showroom. And I'm like, I was just like, what? And so we just stood there and kept talking and I figured the guy would catch on that I'm not leaving. And then he comes back and he goes, he's louder this time. Guys, I'm going to need you to clear the showroom. He had a real attitude about it. I was like, what? No, we're, <laughs> we're not leaving here. C clean up, dude. Like, it's like no one's stopping you from cleaning. But then, um, you know. So Josh and his wife left. And I felt bad about it. But. So I wanted to get on here, do a podcast, and um, so this is what I'm doing. And I will, I am going to try to be more consistent. This is what happened. I had a friend come over, a guy that works at Zany's by the name of David. David was going to help me run the podcast, and he helped me. I was going to do, I was going to buy some equipment, some cameras, some different things, and we we're going to work it out to where we could go have multicam footage david was going to work the the computer and and be able to switch camera angles while the podcast is going and i was going to get some kind of co-host going and i was like all right this is awesome and i had this whole plan worked out and the more i got deeper into this plan the more overwhelming it became and the more i'm like oh no and it just, I got my YouTube monetized now to where I can make a little money off YouTube. And I thought, well, let's get some of these podcast clips on there. And just the more complicated it becomes, the more I don't want to do it. I, I, I just feel like everybody is always like, oh, you got to get that podcast on YouTube. That's how you're going to get the viewers. That's how you're going to get the followers. But it's just like, to me, there is something that I like about this kind of radio format where it's just on the radio, where I don't 
have to worry about what I'm wearing. I don't have to worry about what I look like. I don't have to be like, oh, let me take a shower before. And then because for me, I got long hair, right? So if I'm like, oh, I need to take a shower, probably only the women relate to this, but I'm like, oh, I got to take a shower, but I need to take a shower about an hour before because I need to let my hair dry and then, or, or I got to blow dry it. So I'm downstairs blow drying my hair to do a podcast. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm just doing the podcast because I think it's fun to do. And then when I, when it, so, so if you get all those things involved, you, you then can't wake up at 5.30 a.m. and go, well, I'm just going to do a podcast. Because even today I was like, well, I'll set up the camera. And then I'm like, oh, but then I got to put on a hat. I got to worry about the shirt I'm wearing. I got to set up a camera. I got to have a light going. And I'm like, you know what? I could just sit in a room and talk into a microphone with my regular light from the room on and just enjoy myself. And that's that's where I'm at with it. I don't know what the direction of the podcast will be, but I do enjoy this radio format. I've always wanted to be a radio DJ. There's no money in it, I don't think, unless you work for Sirius XM. And so I also think I would hate it because it would make me wake up at, you know, if I wanted to be a morning DJ, I'd have to wake up early. And who even listens to the radio anymore? I do radio for clubs, and I'm more than happy to do it. The clubs will pick me up at 5 a.m. or something like that, and they'll drive me to do all these radio spots. And I'm more than happy to do it because I think radio's fun. But I go in there for five minutes. They ask me a couple of jokes, and uh, I actually wanted to try to play some. I may try to include a couple of clips that I've been doing um, from uh, from my house where I call in and then I just record it through my podcast setup. I may try to include a couple of those on this podcast because I do think it's fun, but it's like rapid fire. Like I'm trying to do jokes and I'm just like, I don't know that anyone's even listening to this. And it's no offense to the particular radio stations. It's just like, that's the reality we're in. I don't listen to the radio. I never listen to morning radio. A radio show that I've done a couple of times Bob and Tom, I like those guys, but it's unlistenable to me. Like, it's just like, we're just not in that mindset anymore. I listen to podcasts. I don't listen to a lot of them, but when I do listen, I listen to podcasts and I listen to a lot of weird stuff. That's why I never recommend the podcasts I listen to and never even want to tell people what I listen to. Some of them, some religious podcasts I listen to, me and Hannah will laugh about them because I'm like, I mean, they'll just say wild stuff. Not even anything people would be offended by, but things that people would go, that's too weird. <laughs> and I'm like, so I can't, I can't share them with people. But uh, um, it's just like, I don't know who's listening to the radio anymore at all. Like I do the highway on Sirius XM sometimes. It's been a while with Stormy Warren. And I always pick up a bunch of followers when I do that because people are listening to Sirius XM, but I don't know who's listening to the regular radio. To me, Nashville has the worst radio, regular radio stations uh, I've ever listened to. We have one station that I like. It's like, uh, what is it called? Um, the Ville, called The Ville. It's like a soul station. 
I'm like, that's the best station in town. They just play like old R&B, like the Isley Brothers and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's the best station in town. They don't even have good country. It's all new country. And I hate to trash new country because I do the Opry and I want them to keep me coming back. But I just, I'm not into it. Uh, I just was listening. I was showing Hannah. I had a guy that I was doing a Bible study with and he, he quoted uh, a Luke Bryan song to me one time. And he said, uh, he said, I think it's like that Luke Bryan song, you know, uh, I believe most people are good. <laughs> and I'm just like, Oh man, that's the worst song. Like he's just saying all these things that sound good. Um, like, yeah, I believe we should work hard too. But, the Bible says that people are not good, that most people are not good. That Actually, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it says that no man is good. I think Jesus says that, and he's even talking about himself, I think, when he says that. No man is good. Only God is good. So, anyway, I don't even know why I was talking about that. I don't, oh, yeah. So, you know, here I am just rambling on, uh, on the podcast, and uh, I'm excited to be doing this. I like this. I mean, I realize that the podcast could use some structure, and people will tell me that sometimes. They'll email me and say, why don't you try to do some segments? Why don't you try to do uh, this and that? And I get that, and I, I mean, it all makes sense. And, you know, there's a, there's a good chance that my podcast will never be extremely popular if I continue on the trajectory that I'm on where I just talk and there's no structure and who knows what day it's going to come out and who knows how often it's going to come out. Will it be every week? Will he take a month off before he starts another one? Will he change the intro song every time? Uh, you know, it's like that there's a chance that's, that's possible, but you know what? I never intended to be a podcaster. I just want to be a stand-up comedian. I'm not trying to be a great TikToker. I'm not trying to be a great YouTuber. I'm not trying to be prolific. I'm not trying to be the best stand-up comedian that ever existed. I just want to make a living doing comedy, and I want to do comedy well. I never want people to come see my show and go, that guy's a hack. But they also don't have to come and go, wow, that was the greatest stand-up comedy I've ever seen. Um, I have a thing that I do, and I think it's really fun. And then that's it. That's where I'm at with it. And then, you know, I feel like I have to spread the message of Jesus. That's what I have to do. So I'm going to do comedy the best that I can do it. And then I'll come on here and I'll talk about um, the Bible and about working the road. And then about how I used to, you know, do bad things. So, and that's it. I think that's fun. I think that's a good time. I won't talk about politics because politics are stupid and they don't matter. You know, I don't think any politician cares about us. 
I mean, they might have at some point, but I just don't think they care. So why would I spend my energy? I mean, I feel like this is what I see on the internet. I follow all kinds of people. I follow uh, politicians on all sides on the internet. And then I follow pundits on all sides on the internet. I follow comedians on the internet. And then I follow regular people. And every time something happens, every single person on the internet needs to have a take. They got to go, let me tell you my opinion on this thing. And it's just exhausting. It's just like, you know, it's like whatever they're talking about is usually some tragic event. So to say that I don't care about that tragic event would be untrue. I do care, but I just don't care to hear every single person's opinion about it. You know what I mean? It's wild. That's a wild time to be alive. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I have to, um, you know, remember that this, now again, re regardless of your worldview, actually, this is the time that you were meant to be here. Regardless of what's happening, this is the time that you were meant to be here. Oh, I have an interesting thing. And then I'll go back to where, where we've been, where we're going. I don't know why I, I want to talk about this right now, but I feel like this is really interesting to me. They're in, in the, I don't know if the name is ever mentioned in the Bible, but there apparently at one time was a fish god that people worshipped called Dagon, like dragon without the R, Dagon. Apparently, he was a fish god, and people worshipped him. And the people of Nineveh worshipped Dagon. So God wanted Jonah to go and tell the people of Nineveh to repent for their sins of worshiping Dagon, the fish god, and to, um, you know, repent and worship God and not Dagon. And Jonah knew that the people of Nineveh were a bad people. And if he went in there talking about that, they were going to tear him apart. So Jonah said, I'm going to hide from this. I'm going to hide from this mission that God has put me on. So Jonah got on a boat and he was going to sail away. I don't know what he was going to do, but he was going to sail away. I don't know his full plan, but he's on this boat. And then all of a sudden the storms come. It starts to get wild out there. And Jonah is like, oh, no. And then the people are like, what's happening? They're freaking out. They're trying to man the boat. And they're, they're like, the boat is about to collapse. What's going on? We got to find out what's going on. And then they find out that it's Jonah. They're like, God is mad at Jonah. I don't know how they find this out. I don't know exactly what happens. I don't know if Jonah's like, actually, guys, this is me. God's mad at me. But however, they find out that God is mad at Jonah. And they're like, Whew, I knew this couldn't be us. We, we've been doing the same things we've been doing all this time. And God's never this mad at us. 
So they throw Jonah off the boat into the ocean. And then some people say a whale, but I think the Bible says fish. A giant fish comes along, and this is where you lose people. This is where they go, okay, come on, Dusty. You don't believe that a giant fish came along and swallowed a man, do you? You don't believe that, do you? You're not that crazy. You're not that stupid. Well, you know what? I do believe it. You know why? Because I don't care. Everything, everybody, I just don't believe that what we see every day around us is all that there is. I do believe people will say, oh, you believe that a man in the sky created everything, huh? Well, I don't believe that a man in the sky created everything. I believe that a God, uh, the God of all gods, created everything. And I believe that if he created everything, he could create a fish large enough to swallow a man, could swallow a man, and then not have that fish hurt that man while he's inside. I believe that. And it may be crazy. I get it. To people that believe that we evolved from fish, essentially, believe that's crazy. And I get it. Listen, we all believe crazy things. I'm not mad at you for what you believe. But I believe that this fish swallowed this man. I know it's stupid, but I believe it. And so this fish swallowed this man. This man and this fish swims along and it goes to the coast of Nineveh. And the people of Nineveh are there and they're worshiping Dagon and they're saying Dagon the Great or something like that. Who knows how they worship Dagon. And then they're standing there. I like to believe that they're standing right on the beach. They're having a real beach day out there. A couple of Coors lights, maybe some blue moons. They're kicking it, probably roasting a pig. I would imagine they're roasting a pig, probably some... I bet they didn't eat shellfish because they were into fish. But I bet they had a pig out there. They were firing it up, rotating it. Pig had an apple in its mouth. And then all of a sudden, here comes this giant fish, and it pops up right on the coast, and they're like, whoa, it must be a sign from Dagon. And then this this fish spits a man out onto the coast, and that man gets out and goes, repent, repent, turn from Dagon and worship the God of heaven, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And you know what those those hard, evil people of Nineveh did? They repented. They repented and they turned to the Lord. And I think that is an amazing story. When I found out that the people of Nineveh worshiped Dagon, the fish god, it changed everything for me. Because I'm like, that story is powerful. Because just think about that. God used Jonah running away from him to bring that story full circle. He used basically Jonah's disobedience to to Jonah's advantage. I think that's amazing. So we're all here at this time where things are going on. We all know what's going on. There's no need to mention it. 
there's things going on. There's so many things going on. There's so much tragedy in the world, and 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 it's like um, I've known a couple of people to die recently from completely non-virus-related things. I mean, people are dying. And here we are in this time. We're put here for this time. This is our time to be here. And it doesn't matter what you have done wrong up until this point. There is still purpose for you. You could be a very wretched person right now. But there is purpose for you. And that's what's amazing to me. There is purpose for you. There is love for you. You could be a very lonely person out there right now, but there is love for you. That's why I say don't judge homeless people or panhandlers, even if that panhandler is a scam artist. If they if you give them ten dollars and say, God bless you. And then they go put that $10 into a stack of hundreds and then go get into a BMW and go, ha, 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 ripped off another one. It doesn't matter because what matters is that you did the good deed. Now, if they choose to turn your good deed into, I took advantage of them, then that's on them. But you've done the good deed. And I think it's amazing. I think it's just there is someone watching you. And um, there are many mentions of the good deeds outweigh bad deeds, meaning that you know they can wipe away a bad deed. So just think about that. And, and, and when you do those things, I had a guy email me not too long ago, and he talked about how when he heard me say something about giving money to homeless people without telling people that it 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 kind of restored his faith in God or in, in some way or something like that. And I don't mean to it's just been a long time since I read the email. I'm not making light of it. But then he goes on to talk about how he'd like to go into politics and how he thinks he would be on this side because he cares about people and whatnot. And I don't know. I just think. I just think politics is useless. I think there may be some individual characters out there that actually do care about people. But for the most part, I've, I've really paid attention to politics a decent amount since I've quit drinking in 2012. And in all of that time, I've just come to determine that overall, no one cares. I just don't think they care. I mean, because they, they always just talk about the problem. But no one ever really seems to do anything. Like it just never seems to get done. They just give a little bit of a breadcrumb enough to make us fight against each other. And we're like, we're like at each other's throats. Um, and it's like, it is just seems like the divide and conquer strategy. We're just, nobody can agree on anything. When it's like our disagreement is what is tearing us apart. And I just find it unbelievable that I'm like, if we just would be like, hey, I love you. <laughs> then, then, And I think people are like that in person. But the Internet, 
one of my favorite things to do is just find a controversial subject, go into the comments, and just read what people say and how they talk to each other. And I've just come to determine there is, if someone's mind is over here, there is no bringing them to the other side. I, I mean, I won't say never, but I've read thousands of comments and I rarely see someone go, hey, that's a good point. So I just think it's useless. So that's why I think a message of love and of God is important. Um, okay, so, all right, so I've talked about one place I was. Let's run through them. I got some exciting stuff. So I did a, I did a gig in New Orleans. I did a corporate gig in New Orleans. And while I was there, I was like, corporate gigs are typically boring. I've always had a good time at them, but typically they're, they're fairly boring. Like, right. It's like a company has hired you to come in and entertain their employees. And these employees are usually on their best behavior. So they don't want to laugh too much at anything. They don't want to drink too much at anything. So they're pretty much on their best behavior. So for the most part, fairly boring. Well, this was in New Orleans, okay? So I show up, and due to, I don't know, COVID stuff, the, the audience size has gotten smaller and smaller, and we're down to about 40 people in a conference room in New Orleans. And I, I talked to them before. They all seem like nice people. And then as the showtime approaches, everybody seems pretty drunk. And I take the stage to this rowdy room of people, and they're going, they're going, tell a joke, tell a joke, right? And I'm like, okay, wow. Even, even my rowdiest comedy clubs are not quite like this. And people are moving around. They're not really that into their seats. And I, I try to do a couple of jokes. It doesn't go that well. And I just tell, I look kind of at the guy who's paying me. And I basically say, all right, listen, we can do two kinds of shows. I can do the kind of show where everyone is quiet and listens to me tell jokes. I do a joke, you laugh, then you get quiet again. I tell a joke, you laugh, then you get quiet again. We can do that. Or we can do whatever this is and whatever's happening here. And basically the audience says, let's do whatever this is. And the boss seems to agree that he's okay with whatever this is. So for the next, so I'm supposed to do 45 minutes and there's no opener. I'm just up there with a microphone in front of a bunch of rowdy drunk people in New Orleans. And so what I'll do, I just do a little crowd work. I talk about the room and then I try to tell a couple of jokes and then I, I uh, will do a little crowd work and then I'll tell a couple of jokes and it is going pretty well. Actually, it's going quite well. I wish I had videotaped it. But then I start trying to do a five o'clock somewhere joke. I have a, if you have not seen me do comedy live, I have about a seven minute joke where I break down the song. It's five o'clock somewhere. And I get about two minutes into it. And then I go, you know what? That's not going to work. And then somebody goes, they go, oh, I wanted to hear the end of that joke. And I go, you know what? Me too. I said, me too. There's a lot of jokes that I wanted to hear the end of tonight. But I've watched a lot of my favorite jokes die here on this stage. And they loved it. I ended up doing over an hour. 
I only had to do 45 minutes. I ended up doing over an hour and I had a blast. Such a fun show. And then the next day I flew. So I flew from Nashville to New Orleans. Uh, and then the next day I flew to Charleston, South Carolina, where I did a show with my friend Evan Burke. We did the Charleston Music Hall, uh, a place that I had done f a show for. It seats about 900 people. I ended up getting a little over 400 people. They said it was the largest crowd they have had since um, COVID first came in, and it was a lot of fun. A lot of my old friends were there. Uh, from all walks of life, I had my uh, saw a lot of my old f uh, church friends there, a lot of my Hyman's friends, a lot of, uh, you know, comedy friends, uh, just all kinds of people. And it was just a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I only had one night in town. I will say this, though. I walked around Charleston, and it's the first time I've been to Charleston since COVID, since various things happening in the world, and it seems like a different place. I'm hoping that I just caught it on a bad day, but it made me a little sad. I will say that. I mean, I've always held in my mind that Charleston is this beautiful, wonderful place, but the downtown just seemed different, and I hope it's not the case. It was overcast. I was tired. Hopefully, I just saw it on a bad day, but it just seemed like a different place. And, you know, things do change. I mean, I, I left there in 2014, so seven years ago. I mean, I've been back here and there, but, you know, but I uh, just was, I don't know. It was a weird day. But the show was a lot of fun. I was happy to see people. Thank you for coming to that. And then I flew home early that morning, spent Sunday at home, and then I flew to New York City. So I got there on a Monday night, and I expected New York to be just, uh, just weird COVID protocol central. I just thought this is going to be a nightmare for me. And I got there, and it was great. I loved it. I got there on a Monday night. I walked around, went to a restaurant, walked around. I mean, I was staying right in a hotel right by Times Square. So I was basically just... Um, you know, right up in the mix of what most people that I know in New York uh, avoid like the plague, uh, Times Square. But I was right there in it. And I just hung out in that area because this is what happens to me. Every time I go to New York City, I go there for a purpose, to film something or to do something like that. And then I spend so much time walking around that I end up by the time I film what I'm there to film, I am exhausted. My feet hurt. My legs hurt. Uh, I just, so I was like, I'm not doing that this time. I can't do it. So Tuesday, I filmed some promo stuff with the other comics that are on the, it'll be season three of the standups on Netflix. And I think that comes out in October. I'm hoping that it does. And I, um, so I, I filmed some stuff with them. They were all wonderful, nice people. I had a lot of fun hanging out with them. And then Wednesday, I had a free day. So I hung out with my friend Derek Humphrey. I, I walked to uh, Bryant Park and I met Derek. And uh, we each ate a brownie and hung out and talked to each other. And it was a lot of fun. And um, then Thursday, I had... Oh, I guess Tuesday I hung out with Derek in Bryant Park after filming all that stuff. And then Wednesday I had a free day where I basically just relaxed. I spent a lot of time in my hotel. I walked around Times Square a little bit, you know, ate it. I ate at the same restaurant 
twice, maybe three times, because when I find a place that tastes good, I just keep going there. And then when Thursday, um, you know, people come to town, I got management in town, I got agents in town, it's a lot of fun, I'm hanging out with them. Uh, we go to eat and then we tape. And I do two 30 minute sets, the exact same set, you know, with variations. With people putting makeup on me and buying me a shirt and, and adjusting my hair and making sure I look the exact same for each taping and they, they're, they're making me look good and um, just, uh, and it just went great. I mean, New York City is not necessarily my audience, especially when I have to stick to the script. Right. I always found that in New York, it, it, if you can go off the cuff a little bit, make fun of yourself a little bit, they really enjoy it. Make fun of the, the setting and everything about it. They really love it. That's what I've found. But when I have to stick to the script, it's like, well, I just hope they like these jokes because if they don't, this is, this is what I'm here to tell. So that's what I did. And it went really well. I was very happy with how it went, and I can't wait for it to come out. I think it's going to be exciting. I've gotten to see a couple of edits uh, of it, and it seems really good. Um, I feel like both sets went really well. Honestly, I think they could have used any set. Obviously, you, do, you film twice, and they want to put them together to make sure that you get the best cuts. Um, and then there's several angles, and that's what I mean by edits. But it's, um, I think they could have used any one of the sets, the first show or the second show, with no edits, and it'd be a great set. I mean, it was just a lot of fun. The audience was great, happy to be there, and uh, I'm really happy with how it went. Um, and then, um, so I flew, I, I left there and I went to West Nyack, New York, went to West Nyack to Levity Live and Aaron Weber, Aaron Weber actually came to the taping and then he met me, uh, in New York and we drove to West Nyack together where we did a weekend, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, both of us were exhausted, uh, and we had never heard of West Nyack, but people from New Jersey that I had seen me before, uh, people that listen to the Nate Land podcast, people that, um, you know, have seen me all came up and it was a lot of fun. So then I flew back home on a Monday. I stayed home Tuesday and then Wednesday I drove to Memphis where I did a show at Lafayette's Music Room in Memphis. And it was so great. I don't get to do shows in Memphis because there isn't a comedy club that I'm aware of or at least one that it's never offered to book me. So I got to do Lafayette's Music Room in Memphis, and that was a really fun time. So I hope to get to do that again in the future. I really like that. And Thursday, I drew, drove up to the Missouri State Fair, Sedalia, Missouri, where I was to open for Trace Atkins, uh, which I was very excited about. But it ended up raining and thundered and lightened. So... I wasn't able to open for him, but uh, as we were waiting to see if we were canceled, I sat on the tour bus with Trace Adkins and talked to him for about two hours. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. He has lots of great stories, and uh, we just really got into it. And um, uh, apparently he had been he was shot by his second wife in the chest with a pistol about 30, 40 years ago and almost killed him. I had no idea. And 
I wanted to tell him that I also was shot and almost killed about 30 years ago. But you know what? A pistol to the chest is a bit more exciting of a story than a BB gun to the chest. But nevertheless, I was almost killed too. So that was fun. And I stayed at a place in uh, in Blackwater, Missouri called the Iron Horse. It was like a bed and breakfast. I just thought it was super cool. It had a, a train station that ran right by or a train track that ran right by the hotel. And it was just this kind of old abandoned town. I mean, when I got back, I don't know if they, it's abandoned, but it just didn't seem like a lot of people were around. But when I was there, I sat out on the porch of the bed and breakfast after I got back and just just completely quiet until the train would come by. And uh, I was sitting, they had a, there was no shower. It was just a tub, a cast iron tub. So before the show, I'm like soaking in this cast iron tub. And then this storm is rolling in. It's thundering, lightning, the tree out by beside my window. I, I got a, from the tub, I got a view right out the window and the tree is just whipping and slapping the panes of glass. And then a train comes rolling by and you can hear the horn, the train horn. And I'm like, man, I'm like in the 1800s all of a sudden. Uh, so then the next week I go to Albany, New York. My friend Jordan Jensen came up and opened for me. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I haven't seen Jordan in a long time. I was happy to have Jordan come up. Jordan has been, she was my friend in Nashville. And now she's been on the road opening for Louis C.K. Very exciting. But she came up and opened for me. And uh, we had a lot of fun. I only had two days in town, basically. And then that Sunday morning, I had to be up crack of dawn. So we didn't get a lot of time to hang out, but it was very fun. So then I come home and I get to do the Charlie Daniels Volunteer Jam. Now, Charlie Daniels has passed. He passed in 2020, but this was on the books for 2020 and it got canceled because of COVID, but it's back. It was back this year. We did it at the Bridgestone Arena, which is where all the big concerts come, which is where, uh, where um, uh, the Predators play hockey. Big stadium. I actually did comedy for the Predators there a while back. 2019, I believe. And uh, But I, this is my first time actually doing the arena with a pretty full stadium. And so this was a, a, a wide variety of country music stars from all eras of music are there. And then I am the only comedian on the lineup. I'm the one, the only comedian. And um, I'm supposed to follow Alabama, which I thought was pretty scary. But Alabama ended up canceling. So, um, for whatever reason, I don't know why. Um, and it's too bad because I, I opened for Alabama not too long ago. So I was going to make the joke about how now they're opening for me, huh? Uh, I should have the, but um, um, no, actually I hate that. But anyway, um, so Alabama canceled. So the fill in for them was big and rich. Now, I don't know if they were the fill-in or if they just closed in the gap. If it, I don't know if it was going to be big and rich, then Alabama, then Dusty Slay, and they closed in the gap. I don't know how it works. But John Rich, 
I may have said this before, John Rich, my very first hosting gig at Zany's in probably 2014 or 15, I hosted for Jeff Ross when he came to town. Jeff Ross was the host, and my friend Renard Hirsch was the uh, feature. And, um, uh, and this was my first hosting gig. I was very excited. And I think Saturday night, we had already done several gigs, and it was great because I would go out and I would do about 10 minutes at the beginning and I'm not a great host. So I would do okay. And then Renard would come out for about 30 minutes and crush it. And then Jeff Ross wanted me to do five minutes in between Renard and him. Now, I think that's a, the standard. That's what he likes to happen. He likes the host to do about five minutes in between the feature and him. So I would go back out in that five minutes and my five minutes would be hot. I crushed the five minutes. And after the Saturday show, John Rich, who was at the show, comes up to me and goes, oh, man, great set. And he goes to shake my hand. And he has there's like a wad of money in there. And it's like 180 bucks. And I was like, oh, man, that was awesome. I think because host pay is not very good at any club. I think Zany's is a bit better than the regular. But that's probably more money than I got for the whole weekend. Um and host pay, again, not very good. Uh, anywhere. Some clubs don't even pay the host. So um, that was very exciting. And, uh, you know, we're not friends. I don't see John Rich on the weekends. But John Rich did want us to take that show we had just did, me, Renard, and Jeff Ross, and then come back to his house where he has a stage and do that show all over again. It was all hinging on Jeff Ross doing the show. But Jeff Ross said, I got an early flight. I can't do it. So we didn't do it. But I thought, wow, that would have been exciting. So I'm opening. And if you're not familiar with Big and Rich, they, um, let's see. Let's try to get, let's try to spice this up a bit with a, um, with a little song here. This is um, Big and Rich's big song here. Let's try to spice this up. And just for the record, I hate that song. I've never enjoyed it. I think it's one of the worst things to ever happen to country music. But uh, I'm not a hater. Um, and people love it. A lot of people love it. And to be honest, it's not a song that I want to listen to on the radio. 
But live music is a lot different. So when you see those guys on stage, they're doing their thing. They're doing Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. The audience is into it. It's fun. Everybody loves a good sexual innuendo. And Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy, we're all like, woo, you know. So it's like the crowd is going wild for it. And then I'm off to the side going, oh, I'm about to be the only person on this lineup not doing music. I'm about to go out and just talk into the microphone after this song. It's Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy, and then Dusty Slay. So I, Stormy Warren, who is the host of The Highway uh, on Sirius XM, is the MC for the whole event. And he's a friend. And he gives me a really, really great intro. Now, I'm thinking this is about to be the worst, okay? There's been a whole arena of people standing and cheering, singing along to save a horse, ride a cowboy. And I just think this is going to be the worst. But Stormy Warren gives me a really great intro. And then the whole arena just sits down in their chairs and gives me their attention. And I'm supposed to get some kind of musical note off to the side to let me know when it's been five minutes so I can get off. And I'm just up then. I'm supposed to do only five minutes. And I think this is going to be five minutes of disaster. And you know what? It was really great. I had a really fun time on stage. And I ended up doing about 10 minutes, I think because I had no idea how long I'd been up there. And I just was like, I'm not going to go short, but I haven't heard my musical note yet. So I just kept going and I ended up doing about 10 minutes and then I got off and it was incredible. Such a great time. And then I get off stage, a couple of people come up to me and they're like, Hey, great job. Great job. Great job. And then uh, a lady goes, great job. And then she goes, uh, I'm Lori. She introduces herself as Lori. And I go, Hey, great to meet you. And then I walk off and then I go, holy crap, Lori, that's Lori Morgan. So then I go back up like a weirdo and I go, hey, you're Lori Morgan. And uh, I just wanted her to not think that I just was like, oh, yeah, Lori, some lady named Lori. I don't and I'm like, I've listened to your music my whole life. And I really have. I really like Lori Morgan as a kid. Super hot and uh, still very attractive. Um, and um, so I I reintroduced myself and that was a lot of fun and then after that i went to milwaukee milwaukee has a brand new improv uh comedy club in um right outside of milwaukee but it's considered the milwaukee improv and it was really great aaron weber was there open for me we were the second co comics to do the club it's a brand new club also, Nashville, now Nashville comedian. Um, um, oh, geez. Um, uh, did the um, Steve Byrne. Jeez. Steve, remember, it's 6 a.m. It's 6.30 now. Steve Byrne did the uh, first uh, ever uh, opening of the club, and then we did the uh, second show. Interestingly, Steve Byrne opened the Huntsville Club. He was the first comic there to do the Huntsville stand-up live, and I did the soft opening. So we've been just traveling around opening clubs here. Um, and um, 
And that was really great. And then this past weekend in OKC. Now, where am I going next? I'm going to San Diego, California. I've never been to San Diego, California, and I'm very excited to go. I'll be at the American Comedy Co- American Comedy Co. in San Diego. Very exciting. I hope to see you there. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm happy to be back here doing the podcast. I want to talk about, I want to do a little religious talk here at the end. I know I've done some various throughout, um, but um, I just, uh, there's a lot of fear in the world right now. There's so much fear. Everybody's afraid, and I get it. The fear has come through our house a time or two. Um, And like I've said before, I can't imagine what it's like to be in the world, to have this fear and not have Jesus. Now, I realize that not everyone that listens to this podcast is a religious person. So I mean no offense by it if you're not. I'm just saying, me personally, I can't imagine what it's like to have that fear and not have Jesus. Um, there is two Psalms that I've been reading. There's Psalm 91 and Psalm 118. And I think they are really good uh, for combating the fear. Psalm 91 especially. A couple of times I got up and I just read that. I like to read the Bible aloud. Um, I feel like the Word of God has power when spoken out. I think it's fine to read it to yourself. If you're in a situation where you can't read it out loud, for sure, read it to yourself. But I think there's power in the word being spoken out loud. And so Psalm 91 and Psalm 118 have been really good for me. Now, we never know exactly when the biblical holidays are, I think. I mean, unless you you really understand um, the the moon and the stars and how that all works, which I think at one point we did understand, but I don't think really people understand today. But the Bible says in Leviticus that um, there is the Feast of Tabernacles coming up or the Feast of Trumpets coming up. They're all coming up. Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, Feast of Tabernacles. They're all coming up. Biblical holidays that I had said that I was going to keep this year, but I have not done it the way that I'd like. But these are the fall feasts. These are the last three feasts of the year, the last three Sabbath days. A lot of people think that only Jewish people keep them, but there is verses, uh, you know, anyway, I think they're biblical holidays. I think they are, they apply to all people that, um, you know, use the Bible. So some people think that the Feast of uh, Trumpets is today where you would go out on your back porch and blow the shofar. So that's what we're going to do. But also the Bible says the first day of the seventh month. Now, you know, God does not operate by our calendar. So the uh, first month, a lot of people believe, is April. April is the first month. And so that would make the seventh month, month October. So we are going to do the Feast of Trumpets today. We're just going to blow the shofar, have some food, hang out with some friends, that sort of thing. 
but also you could do it October 1st um, or whenever you want to do it, really. And then the Day of Atonement comes, which is the commanded day to fast. That will come later, probably, uh, I think, next Thursday at sundown until next Friday of sundown. That would be, I think that's when people are predicting that to be the night of the 16th going into, no, maybe it's the night of the 15th going into sundown on the 16th, I actually think is right. But that would be the Day of Atonement where it, it's the only commanded day to fast. I know not everyone can fast. Some people are diabetic. Some people have different things going on. But I always fast that day. I think it's good. I think fasting is good for the body anyway. I'm not coming at it from a medical perspective. I've been told that you're not allowed to give medical advice. <laughs> and so I'm most certainly not doing that. Lord knows. I thought I had the body figured out and then I ruptured my appendix, which is fine, by the way. But I, I, have, I really have no faith in my dietary ideas anymore but um and then um then that's followed by the feast of tabernacles which a lot of biblical scholars believe that jesus was born on the feast of trumpets and some people say during the feast of tabernacles um so i think that's interesting i always I, i've been thinking about this lately because the feast of tabernacles or some people call it sukkot uh, you're supposed to build a structure in the backyard, some sort of tent-like structure that you would stay in for seven days. And I always find it interesting that the manger scene that we find of Jesus where he is, you know, people put out in Christmas, uh, he's always like in this manger, in this type of Sukkot situation. So I find that interesting that people think he would be born around that time when, when that's how he's always depicted. So in, in the type of Sukkot thing. So I think that's really fun. I'm going to end on a song that I found. Now, I don't feel like anybody is impacted by this the way that I am. But this is a song by a guy named Leo Sayer. I had never heard of Leo Sayer, but I found this song on TikTok. And so I was like, whoa, that really blows me away. And so I went and found it on Spotify. And it starts off in a weird way. Uh, but then he gets into some good stuff. I don't even know what he says, to be honest. But the way it sounds is just unbelievable. And I've never heard of Leo Sayer. Apparently, he... he has the song, You Make Me Feel, You Make Me Feel Like Dancing, Can You Dance a Night Away? He, apparently that's his big song. And obviously I've heard that song, but I had never heard this song. And so this is off the Silver Bird album. But then there's also an album called Just a Boy from 1974. And that song, that, that album, I can't stop listening to. Uh, it's not country. And it's probably not any kind of music anyone thought I would listen to. But I listen to a lot of weird stuff. But I'm going to play this as we go away, as I fade out. And I appreciate you listening to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I don't know how consistent it'll be. But I'm going to try to get back to a weekly podcast. My 
September is very busy. It's one of my busiest months. I leave every Thursday, come back on Monday, and then next week, I only have one day at home altogether. So it's a very busy month for me, but it should slow down again in October, and I hope at least by October to be back to being more consistent. But I appreciate you listening. I hope you guys have a good day, and uh, we're having a good time. Remember, though, this song is, it starts off with this circus thing. And I could fast forward between it, but I'm going to let it play. And then when it, when it fades out, it really changes and is really something. Thank you. We're having a good time.